Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Naomi Rovnik. Today, we're looking at Uganda, where pop star-turned-politician Bobby Wine was forced to go into hiding recently after police raided the hotel where he was staying on the eve of a concert. Orla Ryan talks to the FT's Africa editor David Pilling about the political situation in Uganda and why Mr Wine is such a thorn in the side of the ageing president, Yuari Museveni. David, tell us what we know about the attempt to arrest Mr Wine. Well, Bobby Wine was due to be playing in a concert in a place called Ginger, which is near capital Kampala. And before the concert ever got going, police raided his hotel, arrested lots of his entourage and followers. Bobby Wine himself escaped, but there was clearly an attempt to target him. So this isn't the first time that he's got into trouble with the authorities? No, not at all. In August, he was campaigning in a local election alongside an opposition leader. And he was arrested, badly beaten up. I mean, he claims, I think with much credibility, that he was tortured, beaten with metal rods. He couldn't walk when he came out and appeared in court. He was arrested for alleged treason because supposedly rocks had been thrown at the presidential convoy. Eventually, he was released and was able to seek treatment in America. But if you believe his lawyer, Robert Amsterdam, he was very, very severely beaten, perhaps even within an inch of his life. So this is certainly not the first time that he's brushed with the authorities in Uganda. Why has he been a target of the Ugandan authorities? Well, he's really become the kind of voice of Ugandan youth. And we have to remember that Uganda is a country with a median age of 16. It's one of the youngest countries in the youngest continent on earth. And the president of Uganda, Yoweri Museveni, is 74 and shows no sign of leaving So Bobby Wine has really become a thorn in the side of the president. He taunts the president. He mocks the president. He's moved from being a pop star to becoming a parliamentarian. He's taken his battle from the streets and the airwaves into parliament. And he's really become a nemesis. I mean, he's half the age and he's twice as popular as the president of the country. And that's why he's really so threatening. So tell us a little bit about his rise to fame. Well, he's known as the ghetto president. He comes from a family that actually has been involved in politics, but by the time he was born had really fallen on quite hard times. He's 36 now. He was brought up in a slum in Kampala and had a pretty rough, difficult upbringing, but became a rap singer and became quite famous as a rap singer. He embraced a lot of the bling and the showmanship that goes with that. But his songs also took on a political turn. Again, even before he became a parliamentarian, he was mocking some of the people who were in power, particularly Museveni, the president, talking about age limits on the presidency, talking about issues like sanitation, lack of public services, the spread of HIV AIDS and really became a kind of a popular voice of discontent. So what kind of person is he? And was the one thing in particular that persuaded him to go into politics? I think he's a person who has got used to fame. His message certainly kind of resonates in Uganda. 
the move to politics, I think, became a kind of a natural extension. You know, he found that the more political he got, the more popular he was. And I think he's a man with a conscience. He certainly doesn't have a lot of political experience, but he was someone that's clearly driven. As I say, he comes from a political family. It's not as though the world of politics is entirely alien to his experience. So somehow he's made this transition from pop singer, rap singer, well-known political icon, but in an artistic sense, to someone who's moved decisively into the political arena. What has he done in the years since he became an MP? Well, the main thing he's done, the thing he's become best known for, I guess, is that he led or certainly was a very prominent member of an opposition to an attempt by President Museveni to change the constitution. Museveni, who's been in power since 1986, wanted to change the constitution to remove an upper limit of 75 years of age for people seeking the presidency, effectively giving him the ability to run again and really become president for life. There was a lot of opposition to that. The scenes in Parliament were chaotic. There were chairs thrown. There was fighting. There was a lot of vocal opposition. And Bobby Wine was the leading member of that Let's hear a clip now from a press conference that Bobby Wine gave. They might arrest a few of us. Mr. President, we ask you to be a statesman and not a politician. And I want you to remember that just like us, there was a time when you were not in power. There was a time when the former regimes, the regimes that you, you discredit every now and then, there's a time those regimes, particularly in the 80s, those regimes called you bandits when you were still fighting for freedom, although you were fighting violently and we don't believe in violence. That's the only difference. So I want you, Mr. President, to know that just like there was a time when you were not in power, there will be a time when you are not in power. I repeat, just like there was a time when you are not in power, you must remember that there will be a time when you are not in power. So you should treat people the way you want to be treated. In the end, the constitutional amendment was passed. President Museveni has been re-elected and can be re-elected again and again and possibly again. So he's called for President Museveni to step down and give way to the next generation. Do you think he's just a lone voice or is there a real prospect that he could lead a movement for change in Uganda? I definitely don't think he's a lone voice. And I'd kind of like to look at that in two ways. I mean, as I said, across Africa, the median age is 19. But the median age of African presidents and leaders is 62. So you have the oldest leaders and the youngest continent. And I think that really right across Africa, this is beginning to grate because of social media, because of the spread of music and blogs and a kind of a whole underground scene that's very difficult for even the most authoritarian leader to control. You're having this kind of youthful angst and anger at lack of jobs, lack of opportunity, uh, disparity of wealth bubbling up against some of these old leaders who are seen to be completely out of touch. Within the Ugandan context too, you can see that anytime Bobby Wine appears, he's surrounded by vast crowds. He's very, very popular, not necessarily because he has all the answers, not necessarily because he has vast political experience, which clearly he doesn't have, but he somehow managed to capture this sense of anger at a president, President Museveni, who started out saying 
when he came into power in 1986, that the problem with African leaders is that they hang around too long. Well, 32 years later, that same president is in power and Bobby Wine represents a kind of a conduit for that anger and frustration against that. Is there any other meaningful opposition in Uganda? Or is he seen as the face of the opposition? There certainly has been a meaningful opposition, but it's been hounded and suppressed. There is one leader called Besage who has gone up time and time again against Museveni in elections that he would claim have been rigged and skewed. He has also been hounded. But it seems as though this younger, fresher, different voice from the ghetto the ghetto president, has captured something that really comes from outside the political system. You can even see this is echoing movements that we've seen, you know, even in America, in Britain, in Brazil, not necessarily right-wing movements, but movements that have come from outside the political system to challenge normal political authority. That was all Orion talking to our Africa editor, David Pilling. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com slash offer. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.